0: This episode of Let Them Eat Cake Podcast could be brought to you by you. If you're interested in sponsoring the episode of the podcast or the whole season, I ain't picky, shoot me an email, hi, at com. Yo, it's Fresh Johnson. Episode three is on deck for the Let Them Eat Cake Podcast. Now, this one is called The Pandemic Pivot. And basically, it's just talking about how the party does not stop, right? A pandemic, a whole pandemic, a global pandemic. I was about to say it's coming, gone, but it's still here. um And just in the midst of everything, I'm gonna expound on just how nothing stopped the work, having COVID in the beginning, and also like having surgery last summer, and just uh, you know the hustle and bustle of cancellations and movements and this, that, and the third. Yeah, the party don't stop, baby. So I feel like going into 2020, it was supposed to be a big year, you know, in regards to overall growth and revenue. I was on a path to a higher profit margin than 2019, more than I had planned for. Like it just was going down and i think of the 20 events that i had on the books only 7 actually happened and 4 of those were actually prior to when the rona even thought it popping off so technically after march i just had like 4 events and I came in hot. I ain't lying to y'all. I had a wedding in January. That was a nightmare. I'm definitely saving that one for another episode. Uh, another huge event. It wasn't a wedding. It was one of my corporate clients. I was able to indulge in Mardi Gras, which I always do. I love taking off for of Mardi Gras. Then I had uh, back-to-back weddings at the end of February and early March. And after that, whose wedding I had? So I had Jennifer and Ryan's wedding the week after Mardi Gras. It was amazing. One of the last weddings. <laughs> one of the last maskless weddings. And then I had Jasmine and Matthew at uh Gardens. It was beautiful. It was, oh God, it was, it, it was a very intimate wedding. It was exactly what they wanted. It was a good time. And literally that was my last wedding, my last normal wedding. So I went to New York to meet with uh, one of my clients, Toronto. We were doing her wedding at the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. I'm sorry, the New York Botanical Gardens in the Bronx. That was supposed to be in July. So we went out there to do a site visit, meet, talk about some stuff. And when I came back home, y'all, I I was coughing a lot when I was out there, but I'm one of the people. It's sad that I'm like this. <laughs> but I be like, thinking stuff can't happen to me or won't happen to me, cause like I'm Fresh Johnson, whatever that means. Like in my head, that's how I operate. Baby, when I tell y'all sick, I mean sick, sick. And then I felt so guilty because I was like, man, I'm walking around New York. I'm on this subway. I'm just a coughing. I'm on this plane coming home. And stuff was getting so strange. When we got back home, I was like, let's stop at CBS Um, because I think stuff was shutting down. And we stopped at CBS. I got a case of water. No, I don't even think I got a case of water. I got a case of champagne. And that was it. I was inside literally for the next 30 days. Me and my dogs. It was wild. And then even when I got out of bed, uh, you know, when I started doing curbside, still not really want to be around people. Even though I had tested negative, I was clearly okay, But it's just this fear like coming out of that stuff. Yo, I was just walking around tired and out of breath. It took me a while to get my lung capacity back. But when you are the ringmaster or a ringmaster in a global circus, literally that nobody asks for, the show has got to go on. You know, the party doesn't stop. And that's how my pandemic pivot started. So seeing restrictions play out and not necessarily having the answers for clients on their specific weddings, that was hard because as a planner, you're always supposed to have the answers. You know, but it made it even worse because I was sick my damn self so the first client casualty occurred not not casually like these people died or nothing but the relationship so I was just like sis I am sick like what do you want me to do nothing can people are not at work right now people are literally trying to figure out what is life and she just wasn't getting it so It was actually funny the way we parted ways because she made up a lie about like the guy losing his job or something but in reality she just wanted to get out the contract and like come on all the black planners we talk to each other so she had hired one of my close home girls as her planner and i'm like uh that girl told me that the wedding had to be canceled because homeboy lost his job but anyway i i wasn't tripping because this the same person that went a whole semester (laughs) without going to class and still came out with an A average because I told all my professors I was going back to New Orleans to help my family rebuild their house. But in actuality, I was online that semester and it just having school off my plate actually made it a little easier. But so I'm not hating, like, do what you gotta do, girlfriend. So yeah, (laughs) I get I said all that to say, I get it, sis. I get it. So then a few weeks later, I found out that I had to have surgery And I transferred another client to another planner. And let me, okay, I could talk about it now because she probably not listening and it don't matter, I'm grown. I didn't have to let this client go, but it was somebody that I took on and I'll talk about this a little later too. Sometimes like in a, I'm not gonna say desperation, but just like, we didn't know what was going on. So I'm like, I can't turn down business. But I knew in the back of my head that that woman was gonna drive me up the wall and back down. It wasn't a good vibe and I felt bad because I made like I begged the videographer to take this wedding and he kinda he kinda wasn't feeling them either. And uh <laughs> and then when I let the wedding go, he was so mad at me. So I'm sorry, I'm not gonna say any names, but I'm sorry, friend, if you listening. So yeah, I something just told me like you you are about to have surgery. You will need to take time to rest. This sister not gonna let you rest. So I had to I had to let that go too. Um, so yeah, client number two flew to cool. But the gag is event restrictions aside, the changes that have to be made for weddings and events during the pandemic, it will stop your cash flow, depending on how you're billing. But the work does not stop, right? So once the math got to mathing, I'm counting this and I'm like, okay, I got to move six weddings to 2021 or 2022 and I got to downsize three. So the thing about it is, is not much income rolling in, but the work still didn't decrease. And because moving a wedding is basically planning a wedding all over again. It's like it's like the stars really have to align for all of these vendors to be available on a new dates that you, you know, you have and you have to predict. You you're just literally throwing shit out there and predicting that we're going to be back to full event capacity or space capacities by this date. And then you got to hope that all these vendors that you want are available. So now picture everybody in the market doing this at one time. It was like the wedding plan of Squid Games, like the COVID Olympics bro I am not exaggerating. And to be honest, also, the math was not mathing. <laughs> like, nothing was making sense. I'm like, why am I working a full-time job and I'm not pulling the salary? It was crazy. Uh, I I really wish I had some wine because I'm, I'm getting triggered just thinking about it. But I decided to put... Um, I decided to put a safety net up or what I thought would be a good safety net. And it worked out good. And I moved my balances to the new dates for everybody. So a lot of vendors still made you pay your balance on your original date. And I get it. They just didn't want these people to cancel and they take that L. And to be honest, I feel it because a lot of our contracts weren't set up for this. For me, it was just a matter that I had some great clients. So I wasn't worried about the two that I lost. Like, that was that was for mental sanity. And even with Tarana canceling, like, you know, they, they did their own thing. It was small. It was just them. But she didn't cancel, so we ended up doing her book release on that contract. So at the end of the day, um, I feel like aside from <laughs> planning, planning, six seven eight events over again I don't I don't think I lost but the mindset that I went into you know I was like I'm gonna just make it happen with what I got and one thing about me is I'm not going without like (laughs) that's just what we're not doing having that grit Came in handy because ain't nobody spotting these bills, right? So I'm used to just doing what I gotta do. Now, granted, I can call my mother if I need something and I understand the privilege in that, but I always gotta run that back to her. So it's not like somebody saying, Here, child of mine, here's an infinite amount of money that you never have to give back to me. That is not the case. But then, Air quotes, doing what I had to do. Um, I ran some ideas in my head on other ways that I could make up for any lost income or just to add more cushion to the deal. So, one of those things was expanding to showers and parties. Let me be clear I do parties, but I'm very particular about budgets for parties. Believe it or not, weddings come a lot easier to me than baby showers and parties. So, if it's a party, it has to have a very, very decent budget for me to be able to really express my quality of work. And the same with baby showers. Like, what I need people to spend on a baby shower for it to make sense for me, portfolio-wise, they're not trying to do that. Um, And I quickly rescinded, (laughs) I quickly rescinded the idea of expanding into uh, smaller showers or parties. Like, I hate baby showers. I hate, listen, when I get knocked up, we having a day party. So I could just watch all y'all get drunk and I get to dance and that's it. I We're not sitting down and opening no presents. We are not playing no games. We playing drinking games where y'all playing drinking games. Like that's my idea of a great baby shower. So I just didn't feel like I would be fully happy doing those things. Right. So, all right. That idea went out the window. Still, still keeping my regular parties. That standard of parties. Boom. Let's do it. And also doing showers, there's there's literally only a handful of people that could get me to do a baby shower, so they know they can make the call and it's gonna happen. But just putting it out there as a service that's available to everybody, never ever gonna happen. So another thing that I thought about doing for income was courses, and then that just instantly made me feel like an Instagram scammer. And then everybody was popping up and doing those courses, and I have a I have a very weird relationship with people selling ideas on how to do stuff like it just gives me get rich or die trying or get rich quick whatever that is I just it's not my vibe so that went out the window too and then I thought about doing trainings and I just was like <sighs> I'm hanging on by thread mentally you know doing my best some days doing what I can other days I'm not about to get on Beyonce internet and a lot of people and tell them I could train you on how to be a great wedding planner because honestly I'm still trying to figure it out I receive that I'm good at what I do right um I think everybody we all need to normalize that sentence accepting that we are good at something but also knowing that that doesn't make us a teacher or that doesn't necessarily put us in a space to educate for Like, I'm still trying to get through um, bringing on, like, full-time and part-time staff. You know, I have my crew that work with me for production, and I want to incorporate them more into the planning process, so they also can have touch points with clients. But I got to figure that out. So how can I train you on your wedding business when, you know, I'm still scaling mine? So that idea went out the window, too. Now, I do have another dope idea that's, like, really, really good, but I can't tell y'all because people be stealing. So I'm not saying y'all be stealing, but just in general. I got to wait till that gets somewhere. And, oh, wait, <laughs> this the, is this the best for y'all. So I was like, okay, ease up a little bit and hear people out when they want to talk about lower in the price or you know a deal. Whew. Y'all, I let somebody haggle me for an event and that woman Tap dance on my last nerve to no end. So now that 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 openness is going out the window too. Like my price is my price. I don't care what kind of global panini we are in, my price is my price. And I get that people's money isn't the same right now I understand that but I also had to remind myself this is what you do for a living the same way they gotta go buy groceries in that grocery those groceries go cost what they cost it's the same way if they want a wedding plan, I'ma cost what I cost and the lesson here at the very end of the day for me was um like make adjustments and adapt that's the starting point, right? So before going out there, just trying to throw stuff and see what sticks, make a real plan with lasting potential. And that was what my year evolved into. So imagine being in the thick of it and social medias (laughs) telling you that you gotta come out of this with five properties, a yoga certification, and a baby llama. like. I had to unplug from social media on so many days because everybody instantly became an expert in survival, you know, how to survive uh, a global panorama. And that that all was a hard note for me. Like, I literally chose to sit my ass down. Even after I was sick, like, what, spent uh, over 20 days home by myself just with the dogs in bed, spent another 8 to 10 days literally trying to Breathe like I would go walk the driveway or walk up and down the stairs. Like your lungs after COVID, whatever that first COVID batch was mm-mm. that was hard. I like, I know what it feels like to be elderly just from having COVID, but I literally said, I'm going to chill and rest until I do not want to rest anymore because I also went into this pandemic just exhausted. 2019 was a a great year event wise, but coming right into 2020, going into that long string of events and then Mardi Gras and then another short string of events, I was tired. So when I did decide that, okay, I'm rested, I'm ready to tackle um, whatever this is, I decided that I was going to audit my entire business, like top to bottom. So these were questions that I asked myself during the audit, <laughs> the self audit. How are you presenting your product? I had already done like, um, like a brand revamp a couple of years prior with Memo Studio, it was great. But I, I didn't have anything to support that. So I needed to update my website. I was way behind on uploading galleries. Um, I had a great website that my friend Shellen did, but I didn't have my portfolio up. So it's like, all right, gotta get my visuals together. And then I also put decks together for every, every service, I guess you could say cluster. So like the wedding branch had a deck intimate i do which was what i launched for micro weddings that had a dag and i didn't that didn't really i'm not gonna say it didn't do well but by the time i got it up and rolling it just was what it was it didn't really sell it was cute though but anyway that had a deck a press kit for to include when i had submissions and stuff so that was uh it was exhausting it was tiring but it was necessary and it was overdue adobe spark let me tell you it would be your very best friend um very very much do it yourself I'm one to always say hire a professional, but the money I had put out to get like the podcast branding done, everything else, I was like, I'm doing this shit myself. Um, so another question I asked myself was, are you working harder or are you working more harder? I don't think more hard is a word. Are you working harder? <laughs> are you working more harder than, than smarter? I don't know if that sentence makes sense, but I feel like y'all get what I'm saying. And don't get me wrong, I'll never be somebody to try to dodge hard work and the process itself. But uh, I think I was feeling aged. Like, I feel like work was aging me. I love the autonomy of working for myself. I absolutely love what I do. But it's just something about getting off (laughs) from work at a certain time and not having to touch said work until the next day and getting a guaranteed check for it every two weeks, every week, whatever it is. Um, Entrepreneurship doesn't necessarily look like that. Depending on what you do in a pandemic, it really might not look like that. So it made me think back to all of the times that I was tired just in regular world. And what was I doing that was making me so tired? And how can I just better define my systems so that I'm working smarter and I'm letting all these subscriptions I pay for every month, you know, work for me and do its job. And that brought me to my next question, which was how can you be more efficient? So I think one of the things I was missing was uh, design software. Like uh, most of my clients are from out of town. And they don't necessarily, you know, get to come with me when I go to Element or Firefly or True Value or, you know, go visit Lauren at Love Good, the ladies at Distress. Like, I love those places. I love going, um, pointing stuff out, putting stuff together. But my out-of-town clients can't always hop on a plane and, you know, come down just for that. So I'm like, what is a design software that I could use that kind of lays stuff out and gives more of a mood board, style board, visual? And that was when I found Milanote, which I swear by. And I do have some content coming up to share uh, just on the process of Milanote and some other platforms that I found, um, you know, when Outside was closed that I think y'all will really enjoy. But to all my wedding folks, Milanote, Millenote, Millenote. Let me just tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. I, I've gotten great feedback from vendors about it. Clients love it. It just works. But even in addition to that, I I use 17 Hats, 17 Hats Ambassador also. Holla. And it's a great a great system. You just really have to learn how to do it. And I'm like, I'm paying all this money for the subscription, and I don't think I use it to the the peak of usage. And I got a little deeper in that, like setting up workflows and stuff. So I'm in a much better space than that. It it just changed the game in regards to my sales pipeline. But also, how can you increase productivity? One of the things with working from home, is so easy to wake up with all the ambition in the world and be on the couch eating snacks before lunchtime, you know. But then when stuff piles up on you, you are trying to play catch up you know, doing stuff on the Thursday that you're supposed to do Monday. So it's like, what can I do to uh, just organize myself better? And I'm a very organized person, I will say that, but I also (laughs) take full advantage of working from home. Like today, for instance, I was working at somebody's house and I got so much done, you know, just because I wasn't in my natural environment of distractions. So productivity has definitely increased it it looks a little different now because there were less outside factors going on during the the thick of COVID. There was really no reason to leave home. There was nowhere to leave home and go to. So now I feel like day-to-day life is picking back up. So I just make it a point to really, really, really zone in on productivity and keep that as a priority because I deserve to take a lunch break. I deserve to get up from my desk, go to another part of the house, or go on the porch and eat a meal and not feel like I have work sitting on my back. And getting to that space is very good. It's very rewarding. I think everybody should do it. So these, there, there's certain productivity increasing. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean less work. It just means, I'm not okay, I won't say that. It doesn't necessarily mean less work. It means a better use of my time. I think I said that right. I hope y'all got that. Uh, Another question I had to ask and answer was, how can you be a better manager of vendors? Uh, I just saw another side of a lot of people during this pandemic. People that I probably won't stop working with. I mean, if you're great at what you do, as long as you ain't talking crazy and being disrespectful, I'm gonna probably just put up with your shit and keep coming to you. Depending on what said shit is, right? But I just saw a different side of people and I want to be able to manage these relationships to where my clients are not seeing these sides of people. And just being more selective about who I work with. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. Um, also, how can you be a better manager of clients? Like, y'all, this this new phase of accessibility where clients think that they, like, <laughs> they got a hold on you and, like, command monitor to you and all that. No. We're just not doing that. So that is why I do a much better job at vetting. But also I set clear, clear, clear expectations like out the gate, which I'll talk more about in a minute as well. So when you ask yourself, what has COVID done to events? And it's like, where do I begin? Like it's definitely made it more of a strictly business vibe. So when outside was really close, the overall vibe like the mask and wedding pics, uh, close family members missing out due to travel restrictions or fear. That was hard to see people go through that. You know, I had to ask myself, well, you want to get married where people had to wear masks? Like, I want to see the smiling faces. I want people to not be hesitant to engage and hug each other. But honestly, that's just not our reality right now. But I will say for the introverts, like, COVID is a dream for the introvert crowd. Like, the introverts are living their very best life right now. Shout out to y'all. I think that prices are higher for less than stellar products. And that's, to be honest, uh, which is something that I do have to address with vendors. But staffing is wild. Like, I am going to always stand by employees who stand up for themselves in regards to getting livable wage, right? But (laughs) I just want to know... The people that are choosing not to work, where are y'all going? Like, where y'all went? How much are they paying there? And why didn't nobody take me with them? Because staffing is a mother right now, y'all. Like, even trying to put in orders, orders that I could typically put in a week, a week and a half before an event, that's not happening right now. They don't have the staff to carry. And these are great companies, right? They do not have the staff to carry out events. And I'm just like, where? these people <laughs> getting this money from to where they're not working I got questions and I'm not hating I just want to come with y'all that's all I'm saying but there's also businesses great businesses that didn't survive and that's never fun you know you want to see New Orleans does have a special market and you want to see everybody thrive but they really had people that COVID took under but all these changes make me work harder, you know, and work harder for my clients specifically. Uh, just making sure that I'm securing the best that's out there. Am I still tired? Still. Uh, plot twist yeah I think we all are collectively but we are also creeping back to normal things um like I feel I feel shiny and new you know I feel good um I'm very motivated again not every day but for the most part I'm very motivated I'm excited about creating like that's just something that doesn't die so while the business of gathering has definitely changed forever uh, I'm all right with that because I feel like LRJ events has changed forever too In a good way. So in the ass deepness of my recovery phase, I had more questions that I had to dive into. And one of them was how do I set expectations with clients? And I spoke a little bit about this a few minutes ago, but I uh, created this welcome deck and it pretty much mapped out. They get it, so after a client signs their contract and pay their deposit, they get a welcome deck, which is also an invitation for them to schedule the kickoff call. And that's when we do all the onboarding, when I set them up on our plan, or when I show them what the design board of Miller Notes going to look like, um, when I present their project plan to them. And the welcome deck has screenshots of all these things, but it also goes into a point like that goes very clear into my availability. I only do calls with clients Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Uh Fridays and Saturdays are typically production days for events. Sundays, Sunday Funday, I'm somewhere getting bottomless mimosas. Uh and Mondays I'm just not I'm just not doing people. <laughs> I mean, I'm working, but I I like to keep my dosage of the calls just just kind of spread to the middle of the week. I feel like that's when I'm Best with that, uh, and also you know I have schoolwork now too, so I'm, I have schoolwork mixed up in those days. Um, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. If I've been playing reindeer games, and also Mondays, I like to organize all my schoolwork on Mondays and map out what I'm doing for the week. And I'm very clear with clients on this. Like that welcome deck, it even has a line that says, "The progress of your wedding is not mutually exclusive to my social life. If you choose to follow me on my personal page on Instagram, you will see me." living my best life but that does not mean I'm not working on your wedding and I see this and I know makeup artists have to deal with that what other kind of vendor usually deals with that oh my god photographers have to deal with that because people always want you know you working on my edit uh videographers have to deal with that I never thought as a planner I would have to deal with clients kind of coming at me like that uh-uh so I nipped that shit in the a quick like I'm telling y'all, ask my mama, this is what we not going to (laughs) do. We about to let Fresh have a fun. Because if I know, if I don't, you know how people get when they get hungry? That's me when somebody trying to tell me what to do. is not going to work. So also uh, having a structure to everything. Like these project plans, they are a saving grace. It literally maps out every task that we have to do uh, the time frame that it has to happen in. You know, they have a lot of uh, software systems, platforms or people selling little things that uh, they call it, what, the wedding checklist. Like, uh-uh, I need to I need to create something specifically for each client so that they can know exactly what we're working on. And it, it sets the expectation, it sets the pace and it gives us a structure to kind of um, collaborate and it's worked out. I've been Using that for a while now, it's worked out very good. Um, Also being clear on the scope of work. So, you know, you will have people that say, oh, I want to plan my own wedding and I'm hiring you for just design or I'm hiring you for event management. Let me tell you about my scope of work. It is not going outside of that, you know, because because I build these personal relationships with clients. I feel like, uh, you know, when you get close to people, you don't want to tell them no or you don't want to leave them out the dry. I say no now. I'm not going to say I leave them out the dry. Like, everybody knows I go hard for them. But because we have this scope of work so eloquently mapped out, you're not going to even come ask me to do something that I'm not getting paid for. Because you're going to know better. And it also holds you to your obligation, too. If you tell me, well, I can't pay you this so I'm going to plan my own wedding, then you're going to plan your own wedding. But what I do, because like I said, I don't like leaving clients out to dry. I still give clients access to a project plan. So at least they know what they should be doing. And in turn, when it's time for the handoff that we do at the 60 day mark, I know that I gave them the juice of everything they needed to get done. And that's going to make it a more sound foundation for me and my team when we take this weather over and carry it to the finish line. So I mentioned earlier too about how I didn't really do the charging a fee thing for moving. I didn't really do, I only had two cancellations. I mean, I only had one cancellation and that, you know, that just came back alive as another event. So I didn't say, oh, you have to pay out this amount to pause this contract. But one of the reasons why I didn't, really get the taxing people in 2020 was because I didn't know how that would work with a contract that doesn't talk about the magnitude of what COVID was. And it's standard for venue contracts. This was just me using a contract that I've been using for years and it never was a problem until it was. So that was definitely one of the things that I had to go in and do that I needed to be better on the other side of COVID was just covering my ass in a contract, making it clear. Like it is so broken down. You will not not understand (laughs) what your obligation is in regards to COVID and force majeure, force majeure, force majeure. I think it's force majeure, but none of that stuff. Listen, I laid it out so good. Ain't nobody confused. We are we are solid on that, um, and I definitely encourage all vendors to have a very detailed COVID clause in their contracts because it's wild out there. And also accepting the fact that it's okay to charge a fee. You know, like you are. You're doubling up on work. You are starting over again in some cases. It's okay. So another thing that I want to be very intentional about on the other side of COVID is, you know, a savings plan that's about more than a thick stash or geared towards a specific thing like a storefront or buying a house. Like, bruh, <laughs> we need the reserves of all reserves just in case this stuff got crazy again. So how do I financially plan for this happening again, even though I just hope it won't like knock on wood. That's on wood, that's particle board, but you get what I'm saying. So, but I think, I think of all these things that I have to be more intentional about on the other side of COVID is how do I manage vendors? I I said it in episode one. I'm saying it in episode three, but that's just how triggering it was, y'all. I saw a different side of a lot of vendors. And while there are some people that I have to let slide, literally, because they might be the only people with a certain thing or only people that do a certain thing that clients like. When my clients tell me they want, like I have my vendor list, right? Right. But, you know, my clients may want somebody that may not be on that list. And it may be people that i work worked with before that I may not just I just may not be the biggest fan of them. And not because their work is not great. It's just something that they do that makes my life harder that I might be tired of. I don't trash talk that person. I don't tell my client we can't work with them. I just think, okay, what can I do if we bring this person on board to make this work out for everybody, you know? Um, But I think probably one of the biggest things that I am going to stop making excuses for is people that can't communicate. Um, Especially because something that I know in my gut, y'all not giving these white planners the runarounds. Like... Because I, I, know, I know how vicious their mouths are and I know y'all not dealing with that. So I, if you're listening, if any of my vendors are listening, give me the same service you giving companies that's bigger than me, companies that don't look like me, or if you don't want to do that, just tell me you don't want to work with me. Like, say it. You don't got to lie and be like, I'm not available today. not nah, just say it and I'm we're going to roll with it. You're probably not on my vendor list anyway. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, that 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 is a headache that I have voluntarily subjected myself to for years and years and years. And I think that that is going to stop. Now, there are some that I just got to roll with because they did a great job at making their product invaluable. But for the most part, nah, we, we leaving that in 2021. So, basically, I feel like at the very, very end of the day, my pandemic pivot was to keep doing what I'm doing, just do it better, and also, you know, keep keep in the forefront of my thoughts that I'm not for every client, and every client is not for me. So, in the attempt to keep the party going, air quotes, it's just keep being me and having the juice that I have and keeping my clients happy, but just doing it at a top tier level and always being willing to step it up, you know, upgrade the experience, always strive for the best. And these are things that like, duh, everybody should do that. Right. But it's so crazy how we get complacent. Like we good, we on top. So we just going to coast. And then a global panorama comes and knocks all the <laughs> knock all the legos off the table, right? Knock all the dominoes off the table. Somebody came and flipped the table. All the stuff is on the ground. I don't think mentally we can go through this again. So I think putting your definitely putting your business in a place to thrive. It sounds good but before you do any of that like take care of yourself sit down and breathe By however long you need to breathe when you do feel like getting up make that plan whatever that plan is and then just carry it out and i basically <laughs> i basically feel like this whole episode was just a really long story about why i'm in school to be a mortician and open a funeral home because when i went into the wedding industry People always be like, oh, girl, you're going to do good. People always get married. And then you realize there's an addendum to that. Like, yes, people could get married all day, every day. But if a global Pythagorean theorem is happening, they can't have weddings. And that is my corner of the business of gathering. But we for damn sure going to die. Everybody going to die. So I'm going to just do this funeral home thing, too. (laughs) <laughs> follow me for more career advice Boom! This episode of Let Them Eat Cake Podcast Could be brought to you by you If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of the podcast Shoot me an email Hi at com. If you're not doing so already Give us a follow on Instagram At LetThemEatCakePodcast And check out the website LetThemEatCakePodcast.com